So welcome back everyone. I'm so glad you tuned back in. This is One World Numerous Lives, the podcast where I talk to my international friends and we share inspiring stories with you and give you ideas of what your life could look like and what kind of paths you can take on in your life. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, do it right now so you don't miss any future episodes. Right now they're coming live every month, beginning of the month. And if you want to see more about the episodes, just head over to my website through lisaseyes.com slash podcast and you can see all the different stories for all the different episodes with way more background information and way more information about my friends. And if you want to see even more about me, just head over to Instagram and check out my travels there. It's through Lisa's eyes as well. And you can see so many pictures about my travels, where I am in the world and what I'm doing out there. And I'm so excited. I'm calling Bangkok right now. I'm having Bangkok on the line. <laughs> and I'm so excited to talk to my friend Hailey, who I met what must have been, how many years has it been? Four years? Yeah, three years, like three years about three, I think. Yeah. And the place where we met, actually, I talked to another friend. It was the second episode, I think, Prabhu from Malaysia. Because Haley and I, we also met while diving, while I was doing my certificate as an advanced open water diver. And we met there because we were dive buddies. Yeah. <laughs> On this small, beautiful island. Yeah, we spent a good four or five days diving together. The island. I was so glad I chose that island, Tioman Island. Yeah, it, it I so think pretty. it's... It's uh, a better choice than some of the bigger, more popular islands. So. I mean, it's a hassle to get there. <laughs> so remember on my way there, oh my God, I had just arrived and then I had to like head over right to the bus terminal and had had no sleep. It was such a hassle. And then I had like an eight hour bus ride, I think. Yeah. You came the other way or did you also uh, come from Kuala Lumpur? I also came from KL, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I actually, like, just came from Penang as well. So I had done, like, the trip first from Penang to KL and then KL to Tiamen. It was a long trip. <laughs> I almost missed my ferry, actually, in the morning. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it would have meant for me to, like, stay there for the full day to catch the evening ferry, which I really didn't want because the little village is kind of a shithole. <laughs> yeah, they only had, like, one ferry a day yeah. or something like that. And, yeah, it's uh, pretty uh, pretty. <laughs> quiet yeah so it's a pretty quiet shitty little town so <laughs> yeah, not really a place you want to spend more than an hour not many hotels around or anything like and everything was really pricey but yeah i was so impressed um because you were actually traveling just with your carry-on yeah i mean i had my like my fins with me and my wetsuit and that kind of stuff for diving and you just arrived with your little backpack and I got to learn then that you've been traveling so much and also like the past weeks just set your backpack with you and been seeing so many different places. Well, I have a lot less experience diving than you, so I don't carry my own dive equipment or anything. So I just use what I'm given. And I think also because of my size, I, I the average size in Asia, so I have no <laughs> problem with the suits. You're so tall. <laughs> I can't yeah, imagine. it's obviously a problem for me. <laughs> I can't imagine it's easy to get a suit there. Well, we met, you were basically taking some time off, right? So you were basically traveling for yourself. You told that your boyfriend was doing some travels uh, on his own and you were doing your travels. But there's a way bigger story behind that isn't that <laughs> yeah yeah so it's been a kind of a long I would almost say it's been five years roughly of just kind of traveling as much as possible been uh, busy um, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was so impressed from the first moment you told me about it so for everyone listening um Haley is actually from Canada and decided to leave Canada five years ago yeah yeah so it's been a, a long journey 
but it's been a lot of fun. And back then, um, because like I find that so amazing that you did that, did you have like some trigger moments or um, did it develop over time that you wanted to go or what were your thoughts behind that? I never really knew it would turn out like it did, kind of okay. just small steps. So uh, actually I was in university and I was studying science and chemistry and I was not enjoying it. I realized I didn't want to work in a lab. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to work in a lab and as much as I found the science interesting, I couldn't see my future in it. So I started studying language. I was studying French as my minor and then I met a girl in my course who had just lived in France and has worked as an au pair yeah. and I loved the idea of it. So uh, within the next six months, I just kind of arranged all my paperwork and I took a year off of university and moved to France. But you moved to France first? Yeah, that was my first step. Oh. Yeah. Whereabouts? Like Paris directly or...? No, no. Um, I was about an hour outside of Paris by train. It's like a really small town near a city called Chalt. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. So I spent a year there. That was the first step. <laughs> But that's impressive, like, because obviously French is not an easy language. I mean, I still remember I had French in school, but like, I can't speak a word now. Yeah, well, it was challenging. But like, as a Canadian, we have pretty strong basis of French from a young age. Being a bilingual nation, uh, we're required to learn French in school. Um, but most people in native English speaking areas don't take it very seriously unless they have mm. family that's French speaking. So I had the basics. I had the mm. knowledge from very, very young age, but I was nowhere near comfortable speaking it or fluent in my listening or speaking. So that's what I wanted to be. How was your experience with the French culture then? Was it really different? I think like for me at that age, it was different because I was, I was young. I was 21, I guess. So this was my first real time going abroad by myself. I'd done some traveling with my family when we were younger because my mom loves to travel, but it was always like family travel. It's a little different. This is my first step on my own. So it was different. But like ultimately when I look at it now, it's not the culture and Europe is so, at least Western Europe is so similar to back home, but mm -hmm. At the time, it felt different. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever have any like weird situations or anything that made you feel uncomfortable? Or? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I was really lucky with That's where cool. I was placed and the people I was with. Because I lived with a family because I was no pair. Mm -hmm. So I still had kind of a family vibe. I don't think I was ready to give that up yet and be mm -hmm. on my own. Uh, so that was nice. I was kind of a little bit sheltered, I guess. But no, I think like the hardest thing was the language for the first little bit. It's exhausting, mm -hmm. but you get used to it. But it's nice once you start uh, dreaming in that new language, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's how I always felt. Mm -hmm. It's a really cool feeling. When you go to the grocery store and you realize you made your grocery list in your head in French and you're like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's really interesting that you actually started all of this off with being an au pair and being a mm -hmm. family and kind of like giving yourself, like as you were saying, some shelter and some more support there and not being on your own entirely. So yeah. I find that really interesting because I guess a lot of people, they're really scared taking on these kind of bigger steps and just going out there on their own. And so that's amazing if you can just start off like that and then from there, just see how it develops yeah exactly it was a good stepping stone so I got to be away from my comforts and feel something else but I still had support system mm. I wasn't fully on my own relying on not just myself right and then from there like in France did you already know that you were gonna continue traveling or um, how did that develop well I mean I, I think I knew it deep down but I hadn't admitted yeah. it to myself yet <laughs> uh, I, ha I had to go home I like that <laughs> <laughs> well I had to go home I had to finish my degree I still had another year left of my degree oh, okay 
so I had I, while I was in France I was also doing like my classes online mm-hmm. but I still had a full year to do so I had to go back and I also had a boyfriend back home so I oh. yeah so I had to go home but I think if I was honest and I knew that I wasn't mm. gonna stay home so I went back subsequently broke up with my boyfriend pretty quickly finished my year of university and then left as soon as I could it's interesting that you're saying that because I have been in similar situations I think sometimes you you know deep down already but you're just gonna like experience the situation and as you said like going home and then deciding okay I'm gonna leave yeah sometimes you might have to like really live the situation and live it through kind of mm-hmm. to be able to not later on think about it and be like oh maybe I should have could have would have like the typical Exactly. Yeah, I had to, I had to go home and see how everything fit and see how everything mm-hmm. fell together. And I realized pretty quickly that I didn't fit anymore. I didn't want to be home. Not that I didn't love my family, but I had mm-hmm. developed and changed in a way that my friends and family hadn't. And I mm-hmm. wanted to keep changing. So I knew home wasn't the perfect fit for me anymore. Yeah, I can really relate to that. And I think a lot of people can, Mm -hmm. especially like those having been traveling for such a long time or having been on a very important project just for themselves, especially if you've been maybe solo traveling or have been doing something that was just for yourself. Yeah. It does something with you. It changes you like very deeply within. And I know that feeling like you don't fit in any longer or feeling like something has changed in the way and you can't really like grasp it and you don't really like know what it is, but exactly. uh, you can just feel it and it kind of makes you a bit restless. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then it just depends on what you want to do from there. So for me, sometimes it was like there was something lacking in one area and from there projects developed. That's also, I guess, how this podcast show developed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think like I have a lot of respect for everyone back home and the way they've chosen to live their life Mm. but it's just very different than the way I've chosen to live mine it it was a life that didn't excite me anymore so when you're Mm. living abroad it's sensory overload everything's different every day you know there's a different sound a different smell a different sight and it's like I think it's really good for my brain (laughs) in a way that when I went home I felt like under understimulated I guess it's like a constant stimulus so it's like a constant trigger for your brain to develop and to deal with new situations to deal with new people and yeah 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 it's it grows you so much yeah, mm. it's crazy and you get used to your brain like your brain always being active I guess trying to whether it be communicate because of language differences or whether it be to understand um, a cultural change or some aspect of it your brain is always kind of working in a different way and when I was back home I felt like I was in school so my brain was working but it was an academic situation mm-hmm. and I it felt less I guess you could say like it felt less, less rewarding yeah and yeah I just I didn't feel like it was what I wanted so then I had I made the decision really quickly upon returning home that I was just home to finish school kind of tie things up mm. and then uh, head off again yeah I always um, use this expression like do what makes you feel alive mm-hmm. because there's so many things you can like spend your time with but what really makes you feel alive deep inside of you just for yourself what's yeah. like these things that create this warm feeling inside of you and if you haven't even experienced it then please <laughs> chase it yeah and look for it because it's such a beautiful thing to realize what makes you feel so deeply alive and what creates those deep feelings within you Mm -hmm. and it's such a pity if you don't look out for it and if you don't live it exactly it's really important to do that to keep yourself stimulated and keep yourself feeling vibrant and alive and that's how you keep yourself in a, a good mindset right 
yeah. good mental place. So where did you go next from there then? So that's when I made the move to Thailand. Why Thailand? <laughs> well, actually, when I was in France, I did some teaching with the family I was living with. I helped teach their mm -hmm. children English. And I realized I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to do teacher's college in Canada first, but I couldn't afford it. It was too expensive and it's a big time commitment. So I decided I'd do my English language certificate first to see if I enjoyed teaching. And if I did, then I would do my degree afterwards. So my cousin, she had actually been teaching English in China for the last five years. And she did her teacher's certificate in Thailand because it's one of the cheapest places to do it. So that's why. So I got the recommendation from my cousin. So I did my CELTA. So it's the Certificate of English Language Teaching for Adults through Cambridge University. So I spent a month doing that in Thailand. And I had no idea where I would go afterwards. My plan yeah. <laughs> was to stay in Asia for six to six months to a year. Had you been to Asia before? No, never. This was my no. first oh, time God. in Asia. Yeah. So That's I had, so brave. Yeah, I had no idea. Really no idea mm. what I was doing. I just thought I'd show up and figure it out. Um, fell in love with Thailand. Got offered a job in my third week of the course. So I wasn't even finished my course yet. But the school That's that fun. I was teaching, the school where I was studying... They were looking for a new teacher. So out of my group, they had chosen me for the job. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So it was really cool. So I was super excited because I love Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is where it was based. So in the end, I spent the next two years there. I haven't been there. I still want to travel there. I've been to Thailand and I actually, I, I don't know if you know that about me. Mm -hmm. Like when I did my round the world trip, I did English teaching for a month in Thailand as well. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I was like at a local school, like in a rural area, four hours north of Bangkok. Okay, cool. Um, but I hadn't made it to Chiang Mai because it was like too far to go. And It's far. We didn't have that much time on the weekends, so we mm -hmm. did like another Bangkok trip. And I saw a lot of like the province area, mm -hmm. but Chiang Mai was a bit far away. Yeah, that's the thing with Thailand is there's so much in the south near Bangkok and south big. Bangkok. <laughs> yeah. But the north is kind of secluded. In the middle, there's not a lot between mm -hmm. Bangkok and Chiang Mai. So, Considering the south is so busy with people and the islands, and like for the dive spots, it's also busy with people. And then mm -hmm. also where I stayed, it's, there's no one there, like no mm -hmm. tourists at all. So if you really want to experience like local Thailand and the real Pad Thai, I always keep joking, like when I want to order Pad Thai here in a Thai restaurant, I'm always like, all right, my standards are really, really, really high. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because yeah. I got to experience like the real deal in the province area <laughs> i've given up ordering pad thai in like western countries restaurants because yeah. it's always disappointing <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true every day at school we used to make the papaya salad mm -hmm. the salt yeah tongue. we used to make it ourselves with like these big knives and so good it's just so delicious mm -hmm. yeah. so fresh i love the, how fresh the thai food is yeah But you're right the middle area of thailand there's like no one and it's really countryside so Actually, my boyfriend and I, we spent a month motorbiking. We started in Bangkok and went up all the way yeah. to the, like, around Chiang Mai, through the mountains, and up to the border between Myanmar, Laos, and Thailand. We went all the way up to the north and then back down, and you see some incredibly local areas that way. Yeah, and it's great traveling together then. Traveling just by yourself in uh, Thailand, like, my family, they told me, like, towards the end of the day that I shouldn't go outside, because obviously in the province area, like, and me being tall and blonde, like, the typical European mm -hmm. type, 
um, would draw a lot of attention to it. Is it safe to travel by yourself? I've never had any problems. Uh, I've traveled most China and Thailand uh, by myself and I haven't had any problems. But, you know, you, of course, travel differently. You pay more attention to when the sun goes down and you avoid certain areas, you know, especially as a, as a single woman. It's a little bit more difficult. And Myanmar and Laos also pretty great. Yeah, I love them. Still places on my list as well. Myanmar <laughs> is one of my favorite places I've been. It's incredible, yeah. yeah. And go soon because it's getting more touristy. Yeah, I mean, I just been to Bali where people say, "Oh my God, you can't even go there anymore; it's so touristy." Mm -hmm. But actually, I or the way I traveled it apparently, it wasn't that many people at all. Like, I also obviously went at a good time of the mm -hmm. year, like uh, towards the end of the year, like September. Mm -hmm. But we traveled around so much, and we made our way to like the north, where which is like not the most touristy stop, and it wasn't that crowded. It's good to know. I guess it really depends on yourself as well the way you travel the country you'll have to give me some tips because i've got an indian an indonesian friend who's now based in, <laughs> who's now based in bali and then uh oh, yeah so we're planning on going to visit <laughs> in a couple of months have to message mm -hmm. you for some tips on places to go yeah obviously i mean i do have the article on bali on my website Perfect. as well so and i have like all the amazing places where we stayed linked up there. excellent Check because some of them are just amazing honestly you gotta stay there we had this one really amazing airbnb place mm -hmm. which just looked like from a futuristic movie honestly it was just crazy cool i'll definitely check i couldn't out. believe something like that existed <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's really cool the the contrast you can get between like super futuristic and then local bamboo hut that's asia for you It's a dreamland. Honestly, Bali is a dreamland. Like most of the places you see, like the restaurants, they don't look like they're from this world. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. It looks like a movie. I look forward to it. But you were saying you were traveling with your boyfriend, right? So yeah. When did he come in the picture? <laughs> ah, actually, yeah. So he, I met him in Thailand um, when I was living here okay. before. So we both worked for the same school, but in different centers. Okay. So he worked in Bangkok and I worked in Chiang Mai. So then our schools came together for a team building weekend, and then that's how we met. I met him about a year after I moved to Thailand. Yeah, it's been some time already. Yeah, right? so we've been guys. together about three and a half years now. You look really happy. Yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> When uh, you and I did our course in Malaysia, I was solo traveling because he was also doing his dive masters. Oh, right, yeah. I mm -hmm. So it, we like to spend time together, but we're also both extremely independent. So often if we do like six months traveling, it's like two months together two months apart two months together because mm. we like to have our our own solo travels as well yeah but that's interesting to hear because i guess there's so many different concepts out there like relationship yeah. concepts and concepts how to deal with each other um i also feel like it's it's so valuable to have your own time mm -hmm. i mean there are obviously couples out there who see each other every day and it somehow works for them yeah um, but i feel um it's always valuable to have time for yourself because how can you actually be something together and grow something together if you don't know yourself that well and i think The process of getting to know yourself and developing yourself it's just a constant learning process it doesn't stop yeah exactly you have to keep that coming mm -hmm. kind of. you need to find that balance right because of course you want to develop as a couple but you can't develop as a couple if you're not developing independently finding a, a good balance it's not always easy yeah. 
No, of course not. And I guess the most people associating it with painful feelings of being apart or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Have to see the long-term value in it. Yeah, it's more than just like the today, maybe I'm sad because I'm not with them. But you get over that pretty quickly, I think, yeah. When you when you get, yeah. well, especially when you're traveling, when you're experiencing a lot, you're, you've got so many other sensory overload. Uh, you can't really be thinking about uh, how much you miss someone, I think. Yeah, and I mean, you of all people would understand when you do something for yourself and it really sparks like this deep joy within mm -hmm. you yeah how much that gives back to you and how much energy you can actually get from that and how much like pure energy and pureness and just mere happiness and for you like self-understanding self-reflection there's just so much going on in that moment and that's just so much energy that you can carry with you then and apply yeah you, you find yourself feeling so much more alive and energized yeah. when you're mm -hmm. doing something that you know benefits you and you're yeah. ignoring the standards I guess I think that's that's mm -hmm. the hardest thing about moving abroad is everyone always asks you so when are you going to settle down and when are you going to buy a house <laughs> and when are you going to get married and to me like those standards just don't apply I don't care that might happen one day but I for now I'm happy as it is I feel more alive that way it's sometimes funny like I had discussions or exchanges with people on this when you have a job interview and they ask you like so where do you see yourself in five years where do you want to be in 10 years oh yeah I want to have a house and then I'm like happy and for me I always keep saying then for me it's actually like I would limit myself if I give an answer mm -hmm. to that question exactly because just imagining saying okay in five years I want to be here and there I've experienced it multiple times over and over again that I rather listen to my inner drive and follow that because then the goals I would have set for myself for five years will already happen in half a yeah, year yeah exactly And how sad would it be and how much energy would it take away from me to have that expectation that that thing was going to happen in five mm -hmm. years? And how much would I miss out then? Yeah, like pushing yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just listen to that push, listen to that drive and then work towards that goal. Yeah. It'll eventually happen way quicker than you expected. And on the way when that is happening, so many more things are going to be sparking from that and going to be happening mm -hmm. from there. And in five years, you'll be looking back and you'll be like, oh my God, <laughs> what yeah. has happened? <laughs> well, that's just it. I think like when you're free to just kind of like you say, go with the flow, right? Listen to the feeling mm -hmm. now and how it goes instead of setting yourself limit. And I think when you're free to do that and just kind of go with what feels right and figure it out as you go, so much more happens. If I had set myself five years of what was going to happen and I'd have to be back in Canada by now and I'd have to be having, uh, getting a house and getting married and stuff, like five years ago, that's what I would have thought. But now... I've had all of these different experiences that I never would have anticipated that I'm so thankful for because I didn't yeah. push myself to live within the limits of a goal. Yeah, that's a beautiful expression. Yeah, I think it's like, it's good to have a long-term goal, but why put a timeline on it? I don't know. Yeah, and, it's, and isn't it amazing, like, looking back and constantly having the feeling of, oh my God, like, if you had told me that half a year ago that I was going to be at this point in half mm -hmm. a year, I would have told you you're crazy. Exactly. I mean, how beautiful is mm -hmm. that to experience that over and over again? Yeah. And that's literally also my life at this point. It's been my life for the past two to three years, I think. <laughs> and it's just so amazing. And I mean, they have the saying, uh, don't live the same year over and over again and call it. Oh, life. that's nice. I like that. And I think there's a lot of truth mm -hmm. to that. I mean, it is a, it's, it's pretty challenging and a bit like in your face, but I think there's a lot of truth behind mm -hmm. it. I think so. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, that idea of like, if, if you want to truly live, then you need to kind of like make changes and develop and grow. Mm -hmm. Like I think you're, if you always stay in one job, in one house, in one place without 
ever developing without developing yourself, whether it be through your career, your relationship, anyway, education, without developing, then there's no point to living, really. <laughs> you need to always be changing. Yeah, yeah, I really like this. And I live by um, this idea of having this constant progress in mm -hmm. life. I always keep saying, I am not working towards a goal. Like, I am not working towards being at this point, at some point. Obviously, I am, but that's not going to be the end point. Yeah. So I guess a lot of people carry with them, like, this end point thinking of, yeah, when I'm 50, I want to be here and there, and that's, like, my life goal. And then what do you do once you've reached it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. For me, it's like, yeah, and once I've developed into that person, there's so many, still so many more facets of myself that I want to keep looking into and while you're doing that I'm constantly experiencing new things you're good at or new things you want to train yourself in or just new facets about yourself like where you're experiencing oh wow I had no idea I was like so empathetic in that area or whatsoever and it's a constant journey and it's beautiful it is yeah it's hard to like think back on my 21 year old self moving to France scared because I've never done anything like it before and imagining what my life would be like now oh seven years later <laughs> but that's what I love so much about it and that's what I love so much so much about this whole concept of talking to you guys because it creates such an amazing diversity of perspectives <laughs> of what you can do and all of us we didn't have a single clue of what was going to happen with our lives mm -hmm. but things just happen and you were brave enough to take steps. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really interesting about what you're doing, speaking to everybody, because we've all sort of had somewhat similar journeys, but we've also ended up in very different places um, and having very yeah. different experiences along the way. So this just shows you how many roads you can take in life, right? Where you can end up. I guess it's about the shared drive. You can really feel when talking to people that you have this shared drive and this shared understanding of what you want to go for in life. And then from there, it just depends on yourself because obviously we're all individuals, so we're none of us are going to go the same mm -hmm. path. But you can have this shared drive and then from there, it's just a zillion possible of what your life could be yeah like in the last episode I talked to my friend the episode is named live as many lives as you mm -hmm. can and this idea is really beautiful I think how beautiful is it like in that one life you have which is actually not that long <laughs> sadly, yeah how many different lives you can actually live in that life and isn't that something we should strive for or at least it's something I want to strive it's a for. nice <laughs> idea yeah being able to experience totally different lives after your two years there so what had happened after that did you do more traveling or did you just continue teaching yeah so or? when I met you it was after my two years in Thailand so this was okay. my like travel gap. After finishing uh, two years working in Thailand, I spent more time doing some diving and traveling here. And then I went to a bunch of neighboring countries. So I did like Myanmar, Laos, Malaysia, Singapore, Sri Lanka, and kind of did, as I said, some of it with my boyfriend, but most of it on my own. And then after those six months, we moved to China together. So we spent the last two years living in China. Uh, also teaching as well and so we were planning on just spending a year in China uh, but I ended up doing my teaching degree finally <laughs> after all these years Congrats. thank you yeah so I'm finally like a fully qualified teacher which is really cool uh, so I did my teaching degree through the UK and there was a, a branch school in the city where we were living in China so we ended up staying another year so I could finish this degree uh, which was really cool so just spent two years in China And during our time there, we had quite a lot of travels, a lot of holidays. So it was cool to see another part of another part of Asia, done Southeast Asia. So now we got to see more like East Asia, all of that area, like Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, 
Taiwan um, and all over China, which was really cool. Hong Kong is one of my favorite cities. I love Hong Kong. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like China, I know most people don't really have much of a desire to visit China, but honestly, it's incredible. It can be so utterly frustrating and challenging because nobody speaks English. Yeah. <laughs> and it can be frustrating. Yeah, like getting around in Beijing, for example, like if you would have to get around with like public transport, it's just Beijing crazy. is really good compared to the rest of China. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's very, very, like it can be very frustrating, but it's so worth it. Like it's such a big country and the nature there is incredible and the cities are vibrant they've got so many varying cultures because they've got over 300 different like cultural ethnic group there's mm. so much culture and history and nature it's incredible place and I'm happy we did it the way we did because we learned Chinese when we were there so we could communicate enough oh, wow. yeah I speak basic Chinese okay. not very well basic wow. Yeah, because it's extremely hard. I mean, I did two semesters in university studying yeah. Chinese. <laughs> Nowhere near able to speak. Wow, that's amazing. I think it's very different when you're studying in a university and doing it academically than in person. So for us, like, yeah. I can't read or write Chinese at all, but I can have conversations, like basic conversations. Wow. Which is pretty cool. So that helped a lot yeah. for traveling there. And then we also had, of course, Chinese bank accounts and all the apps we needed to travel, you know, made it yeah. easy, <laughs> but easier. <laughs> two years there and then we just moved out of China at the beginning of June so we spent the last two months uh, now traveling so uh, following China we went to Mongolia for a month then stopped in South Korea on the way to Thailand and we've just arrived here we'll be here for about a month or so and now organizing everything and then we're planning on traveling for the next six months yeah I caught you right in yeah <laughs> Haley and I were planning this for yeah. a month <laughs> this is like the only time I've been sitting still <laughs> the window that yeah. you have <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you always have to see with, like, Wi-Fi connection as well. Right? No, yeah. <laughs> really lucky with it here, actually. It's really good. And wow, you're going to continue traveling even more. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're so flexible with your jobs. And it's great that your boyfriend has, like, a similar job that mm. you have. So you can just easily just switch around and do whatever you yeah, want Yeah, because we're both qualified teachers with a lot of experience, it makes it really easy to find jobs kind of wherever we want to be. So we have a lot of flexibility as to when we want to start. We kind of tell them. Have you been teaching in China? Yeah, yeah. So teaching in China. So. How, how's that? It's great. Love it. Oh, with the Chinese students? Well, we teach adults. It's oh, okay. great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. We made... I love Chinese people. It's, it's so great. Cute. Yeah. They're really awesome people. They're so, they're so humble and kind and so generous. We had a great, great time. And most of our students, because we teach adults, our students basically become our friends. Our going away party, we had like 35 people and most wow. of them were Chinese. Like 30 of 35 were Chinese, which is really cool. Especially in Asia, it's a nice feeling to be able to give something back at least that's what I experienced when I was in Thailand I mean I was teaching kids but still mm -hmm. because they were like from the rural area so they didn't stand a chance of having like really really good education mm -hmm. so giving them something back and giving them some English understanding was something I could provide from my side to give them a better chance at reaching what they want to do in life mm -hmm. and maybe stepping out and even go to Bangkok and study or something because it's not normal for them to do that so normally they would kind of be stuck in their area and for any little thing that you can give them to support them it's just such a great feeling the thing is is like as a native english speaker a lot of native english speakers take for granted 
um, how lucky they are to be born speaking English because it's mm. so international now and it opens so many doors. A lot of English speakers never really take the time to learn another language because they don't have to. They're not forced to. Yeah. Whereas like yourself being German, Germans are amazing with languages. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> but like you, it's, it's so cool that Europeans in general, they speak their mother tongue. They often speak English. They often speak another neighboring language. That's such a really awesome opportunity in life because you have the ability to learn it. But when you come to Asia, you've got so many people who only speak a dialect of their little town. You don't realize how much that closes doors, I guess. It's fun to watch students develop and then see how they use their English. Well, I've taught a lot of exam English as well, like IELTS and TOEIC and TOEFL. So it's really cool to teach that and then see the students succeed and then get accepted to yeah. universities abroad and get the opportunities yeah. to do different things, whether it be different jobs or schools. So Yeah, and I mean, like, not having the sound overly dramatic, but you're basically changing a life there. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it. Sometimes not so much. <laughs> yeah, if it hadn't been for you, like, yeah, but still, it can be like these single steps that trigger, like, a complete... Change of life. Yeah, change of life, yeah. It's nice. It's very. It's a very rewarding job. Do you ever get tired of it, though? <laughs> uh, of course. I mean, like, uh, one of the reasons we wouldn't stay in China, well, mostly just I wanted to get moving you know another reason is our school was making the change to uh, taking on more and more children's classes and I like kids but I don't like teaching kids <laughs> I really don't like teaching kids and I find teaching children as rewarding as it can be at times I find it exhausting teaching as such is really exhausting because you're not just only teaching something of value but you have to be present all the time you have to stand there in front of the class and you have to speak like you're holding a presentation for six hours and everyone in the corporate world imagining holding a presentation for six hours that's really exhausting yeah <laughs> and when it gets into teaching kids then they're loud and you have to handle them and you have to calm them down in between and they have so many questions my mom she's a teacher when i got to experience it i was even more proud of her can't even imagine how much it takes yeah you start to really respect the process i think like the key of teaching is like if you spend the whole lesson talking you'll exhaust yourself pretty quickly so the key is always trying to set them up on a task or an activity that they can do in pairs or in a group on their own where you can kind of just supervise and move around and because oh I can't talk for an hour you know and you're exposing yourself because you're standing there and you have eyeballs yeah. looking at you constantly every mm -hmm. second and you can't be standing there being like oh yeah no <laughs> yeah you gotta do something say something right away even though like even if you don't have an idea of what you want to do next yeah there's a lot of <laughs> ab-libbing and going with the flow uh, when mm. you're teaching. Uh, eventually you just get really good at bullshitting. <laughs> Figuring out what's gonna happen. I got so much respect for it honestly. It's it's challenging. That's exciting now. So you're about to go traveling again. Did you plan anything or are you just gonna take off? The only part we really planned was getting to Thailand because we planned our trip to Mongolia. But you're gonna stay in Asia? For now, yeah. So we planned our trip to Mongolia really well. Just our, our flights, that's really it. Because we had our big bags coming from China. Have you been to Mongolia? Mm -mm. Top of your list. Along with all the other top of my list. <laughs> when you get 
get into the middle of Mongolia, like in the deserts, you look around and you literally cannot see a person, a vehicle, a building, anywhere. It's like 360 degrees of just like desert. It's amazing. But anyways, yeah, so that's really all we had planned was to get to Thailand. Now that we're here, it's going to be more free. So I think I'm planning on going to Cambodia and Vietnam next month. I'll be going on my own. And my boyfriend is going elsewhere. I think he's planning on doing Sri Lanka. Just have to stress again how cool that is. What couple would think about this? Like, especially when you have the flexibility. Yeah, well, like, when we lived in China, we worked together. Like, we spent way too much time together. So we both kind of feel like, as much as, like, I love spending time with him, we both need our time as well. Traveling is both of our passions, and we both really love to do it solo as well as traveling together. He's already been to places I haven't, and I've already been to places he hasn't. So this is often we just kind of do our own things to go to these places. So I've actually never been to Cambodia or Vietnam, and he has. So I want to go there. And I've been to Sri Lanka, and he hasn't. So we're kind of just doing them separately. And then we'll probably meet up again. And then we'll head down to Indonesia and the Philippines together. Finally, like, we want to end in New Zealand. Oh. <laughs> that was my au pair country. Oh, really? I remember you telling me about that, actually. You did it when you were quite young, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was like 19. Yeah, yeah. After high school. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to ask you lots of questions about New Zealand as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So we like, I, I think I'll go home for Christmas this year because my grandmother actually gifted me quite a bit of money because she's getting older and she wanted to see us use her, our inheritance before she dies. So I'm going to go home this year for Christmas and surprise my grandmother. Oh, that's nice. After that, we'll fly back to Bangkok, kind of island hop our way to New Zealand. So we want to go out like mm -hmm. the Cook Islands and Fiji and, oh, and go towards New Zealand. So We'll end up in New Zealand maybe February. Oh, that's exciting. I missed I missed out on the Fiji Islands. Um, I have to go back to do that as well. Have you done the Cook Islands? No, no, both not. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. How often do you actually end up going home? Not that often, right? It's kind of been a habit to go home every other year because my mm. family likes to travel as well. So they usually come to me every other year. So we alternate. Okay. I see them usually once a year. So they came to visit me in France, in Thailand, and in China. And they're already booking mm. their trip for New Zealand. So it's pretty cool. I'm very lucky. Well, that's a good decision on their end. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this year, actually, I'll be home twice. I was home in November because my cousin got married and my brother got married. And then I'll be home again in Christmas. But that's not common. <laughs> What's it like for your parents? Is it really hard? or? Um, I think like... Don't admit it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My mom is always quite emotional whenever I leave. But I also think she's very excited for me because she was a travel agent. And she did a lot of solo traveling when she was younger as well. So she understands my desire and she supports it a lot. And I think she's really proud of how I've developed kind of a career and also still been able to do what I love. So I think she really likes that. But uh, I think my dad would really like me to be home. Yeah, I'm kind of like a daddy's girl when I was younger. So I think he, he misses that. But they have my brother, so it's okay. <laughs> And my mom, she's amazing because already when I was in New Zealand far away, like she didn't really know how to ha how she would handle that, me going away. Yeah. But she told me throughout that time that she was actually, she expected it to be way more hard. Mm -hmm. But then for her, she defines the whole situation from the joy she gets of seeing me, what I get to experience and how I get to live my life. And that makes her so happy that that is worth more 
than the pain she would feel from being apart from me. Exactly, yeah. And it's beautiful. Like, I really admire that. Yeah, your mom has kind of the same view as my mom, I think. She says all the time, like, we love visiting you. We love seeing your photos. We love we love seeing your joy. Yes, of course, there are times that they miss you a lot. But and there's times that I miss them. Often people assume me living away means I don't have a, a close relationship with my family. I think that's a really normal assumption. They say, oh, so you don't see your family often you must not have a good relationship with your parents it's not at all the case my mom was like my best friend you know i think she's incredible it's sometimes even deeper because like nowadays technology makes it so easy. exactly really you get comfortable when you're at home because mm -hmm. when you're at home you have your normal life and then you might even get too comfortable to not even have as much contact with your parents and you might actually be in more contact with your parents than a lot of your friends back home. that's so true really when i lived in canada i i lived in a different city because i was going to university in a different city for my family and I only saw my family basically for holidays right and now like I Skype with my parents every two weeks every three weeks and I message with my parents like my dad messages me all the time so I have more communication with them living in the uh, on the other side of the world than I did when I lived a couple hours away thinking about all the things that are coming now is there like anything you can already where you feel oh I can feel inside of me there's like this tingling feeling already where I know I might actually be starting off something completely new as well I mean I saw you paint a lot right yeah I do a lot of drawing yeah that's new for me ah. I've only been doing that for less than a year now yeah but it's so cool I like it that you like take it with you everywhere you go and then you have like your pencils and <laughs> yeah I love it it's become really fun and my boyfriend he does videography so he makes these really awesome travel videos he just did one for mongolia it's like cinematic it's really cool oh you have to send it to me I want to yeah i'll it. send you his link to his youtube page what's it called if some other people want to check it out bring the horizon bring the horizon oh that's a beautiful name and he's got like all of our travel videos they're so cool so i don't think the mongolian one has been posted yet i'm assuming i like the other ones too they're so cool really <laughs> got some really nice ones some of them are more family-based like when my parents visited and his parents visited so that one, those ones are a little less interesting for people who don't know us so he also started doing videos of me drawing um when i'm drawing we do time lapses and because we're traveling so there's time lapses in lots of different places for each picture because i'm now i'm now commissioning my art so i'm selling it mm -hmm. when i can give them the art piece i can also give them the time lapse video of like how it was made and where it was made and all the different locations. Wow, this is such a creative idea. Yeah, hey. I love that. It was his idea, not mine. Still. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be selling it like offhand or do you have like an online shop for that? I don't, I haven't set up an online shop or anything yet. So far, it's just through word of mouth, people that I met mm -hmm. friends of friends and stuff um so i do pet portrait okay so people asking you for certain images or... yeah they send me pictures of their pet oh, okay <laughs> so i just i just finished one for one of my neighbors and um she they lost one of their dogs several years ago and so what they wanted mm -hmm. to do was get a portrait of their current dog with their previous dog yeah i just finished mm -hmm. that yeah but that's cool i mean it's it's so much fun to express yourself through that yeah and to be creative like it's it's really nice to have an outlet when you're traveling especially mm -hmm. like reading and everything's nice um i also do like travel journaling
a little bit. Sometimes you just want a creative outlet and just to be able to sit and enjoy a view somewhere, sit in a park and have something to do. Yeah, for me it's photography, so like my travel pictures that I have on Instagram. It's just basically for me, so when I visit a city, I just see it in frames. Yeah. I'll just be exploring and I'll be like, oh my gosh, this, lo this looks amazing, I want to capture that. And it's so funny because people normally would think capturing this means me being behind the camera 20%. Mm -hmm. It's not at all. When actually I don't have my phone and my camera on me and I'm not taking pictures constantly, like compared to other people, like I'll be the one being really focused for like 15 minutes, getting my shots, being like, okay, this looks beautiful, just set it up. Oh, and then I'm getting so excited <laughs> when I get a nice picture. And it, it carries so much emotion for me. So when I look at it afterwards, it's me really being back in the situation and it's so beautiful to see. Yeah, that. exactly but it gives you the opportunity to experience and to really take in a mm -hmm. place and really appreciate it yeah then you have all the other people like just snapping pictures mm -hmm. exactly when you just like snap 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 and then move on you don't really appreciate it but if you're looking for that perfect mm -hmm. shop you take you take the time to like truly appreciate the beauty of it i know traveling with my boyfriend who does videography it really forces me to like slow down because he he wants to try again to get the shot right and try again to get the shot right and like wait here I want to like put a time lapse up you know and so it forces me to like take a breath slow down relax and enjoy the view a little bit longer like it doesn't take away from the experience it adds to it it really makes you be able to live that place and really like live that location in that moment yeah and that's how I feel about my art as well when I look back at my pictures I can think about the places that I drew them in the last picture I did I started in South Korea and Jeju Island continued to Busan and then mm -hmm. finished in Bangkok the one before that started in China worked in Mongolia and finished in Korea so it's pretty cool mm -hmm. every one of my pictures with the time-lapse video I can relive the places that I was I really like that this has been so nice yeah already. it's nice to catch up yeah <laughs> towards the end of the episode I always ask if you're thinking about like your life the p these past years what's like the one thing and the one mantra you're taking with you and that motivates you to keep pushing and what's like the one lesson if you can name it I think there would be two. The one is just do what makes you happy, really. Like give up on the stereotypes and like the expectations of society and just do what makes you happy. Like don't feel like you need to buy a new car because everyone else is doing it. If you want the car, it makes you happy, do it. But otherwise, don't feel the pressure. And otherwise, I think the biggest thing is just always try to expand that comfort zone and learn something new. Because I think it's really important to, to stimulate your brain in a different way and give it some sort of new experiences. Always try to like grow and develop as much as you can. Something I didn't really appreciate when I was a, a young university student, you know. But, but how can you? I mean, that's the beauty of life to just grow bigger, exploring more and just getting to know yourself even better. And I feel like yeah. it's normal. When you're young, you haven't made as many experiences. So. And like you said before, like I think it's important to have a, a long-term goal, but it's not so important to have mm -hmm. timelines and restrictions on yourself, I think. As yeah. long as you know what you want and what you're working for, it's all that really matters. For the last several years, like my long-term goal has just been to live on each continent. I want to live mm -hmm. like two countries on each continent. So that's my goal, but that's a lifelong goal. Well, that's not like <laughs> I need to be done it in the next couple of years, right? So I've been in Asia for the last four years now, and that's a little bit slower than I anticipated but hey that's okay <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so now it's time. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to force yourself to leave if you're really feeling that. Exactly. Place right like, now. there's no no time restrictions. It's not what I expected when I moved to Thailand originally. I thought I'd be here in Asia for like a year, but Asia's a big place with a lot of different cultures. So I've been here a long time now. Now it's time to move on. I think. <laughs> well, we'll see where you end up next. So maybe if you're traveling to New Zealand now, you're gonna be staying. Yeah, there. I plan on living in New Zealand for a year. And that we'll see. Maybe that'll be too. Oh, yeah. Ah. So, okay, I gotta come visit. So New Zealand <laughs> and Australia are the plans for my next home. And then South mm, America, hopefully. Wow. It's wow. exciting, but also very daunting. <laughs> I'm so glad we got to talk today. Um, I'm really, really impressed with your journey. I'm really, really impressed with your, yeah, with your view on life and with your motivation and that you really took on those steps. Honestly, it's so brave and you started it off by yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah, in the process, just met amazing people and obviously met your... Uh, boyfriend and met a great partner you can do these things mm -hmm. with and I guess if we don't expose yourself and if we don't put ourselves in these kind of situations we limit ourselves to not experience certain things so I guess what you did there was extremely brave and really opened up a completely new life concept for you and gave you so many amazing opportunities and it's great to see that there was all you like you did that for yourself and that's amazing to see and I really acknowledge that I'm really glad that our paths crossed on that time yes minute. me too <laughs> it's it's amazing it's incredible the people you meet really when you're traveling and then then you end up meeting on a podcast again <laughs> and hopefully we'll meet somewhere else in the world again I'll definitely be reaching out to you about New Zealand and uh, Bali yeah of course yeah obviously I can tell you so many things and I saw a lot of New Zealand as well like I lived in Auckland and I saw a lot of the South Island so I traveled around South Island and North Island so I can tell you a lot. Auckland is potentially my next home so I've got lots of questions for you oh, okay <laughs> well Auckland is like yeah I lived in Auckland so <laughs> I know everything about Auckland Auckland is amazing because um, Auckland is really diverse whichever direction you go it takes you to like another area so one area will be like just nice green parks another area would be nice beaches and then nice town mm -hmm. areas so it's like really really diverse wherever that's you go. cool that's perfect that's like the ideal city isn't it that's exciting for you <laughs> all right so let's finish this off here thanks so much and thank you guys so much for tuning in i really appreciate it and if you liked it i would appreciate it if you'd leave it a like or a comment or even share it with your friends thanks for tuning in and um, i'll hope you tune into the next episode as well which is going to be released in a month we're going to be talking to another friend of mine in another place in the world and we're going to hear so many more more interesting stories. If you want to check out more, just head to the website releasesis.com slash podcast. Or you can also always, of course, check it out uh, on Instagram and see travel pictures there and just get inspired in general. And thanks again, Haley, so much. This oh, was thank amazing. you for having me. It's so great to have it's you so with so nice me. to be here. <laughs> <laughs> nice to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye-bye, guys. Talk to you in the next episode. <laughs>